Thank you. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Well, do you like the hat? There's a story behind this, which I'll come to. Um, yeah, it's Father's Day. It's our day. Men's Day as well, kind of. Um, I'll just move a bit forward. So I've only got 20 minutes, I think. Have you got a clock? Dave, please. Thank you. Right. So I'll be quick. You all okay? It's a bit of a Phoenix Knights moment, this, isn't it? <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that with you if you haven't seen the particular episode. But it's great to have some fun, isn't it, like that? Yeah, it's super. And it's wonderful to be beaten by your son. That's happening more often now. He's 12. We played football on Friday night, lads and dads. And it was our going. I thought these little kids, we'd slaughter them. They hammered us. <laughs> But that's progression, that's the next generation. Do you like the outfit? Cowboys. There's a theme to this, and there's a, there's a bit of a story with this, um, which I'll come on to now. When I was asked to preach today again, it, it, um, we start to think about what to do, what to say. And a couple of years ago, I think it was probably three years ago now, um, I preached here on Father's Day. And I had a Yorkie bar. Can anybody remember that? And a Kit Kat. And the theme was the confusion in the, of the modern man and what was expected of us um, and the traditional sense of fatherhood and masculinity that we all strive to achieve and, and the, the clear-cut nature, I think, of that approach to life. It was quite easy to understand that in terms of what was expected of us. And the Kit Kat was the confusion and the modern way. Um, and I think I'm pretty sure that over the last three years, the lines have got even more confusing in terms of what's expected of us as men and as fathers. But I also think, on reflection, I was wrong um, in my sense of understanding of what the Yorkie Bar man was. Because the masculinity that we all strive for instinctively within ourselves can actually be quite damaging to us in my view. Um, masculinity can be, appear to be a good thing, strength, honor, and all this business. The dictionary defines it um, as a man of masculinity is in possession of the qualities traditionally associated with men, handsome, muscled, and driven. And that's a prime example of masculinity. I can't see you. I'm going to have to just knock my hat back a bit. <laughs> and that's what we all strive for. But obviously the reality of how we live our lives can be somewhat different. And it can be difficult to live up to those expectations. Now, when I was younger, there was a man that kind of demonstrated masculinity. And he, he dressed a bit like this. Of course... Clint Eastwood, in the Spaghetti Westerns, the main one being the good, the bad, and the ugly, um, who was the archetypal masculine man, I think it's fair to say, the strong, silent type. Um, the, the, the name of the film said it all, the good, which was Clint, played a character called Blondie in the film, and there was the bad, a guy called Snake, uh, Angel Eyes, Lee Van Cleef, and then there was the ugly, Tuco. Um, and when I was small, 
I worship Clint Eastwood. He was everything to me. Not that small. When I was growing up, he did. Um, and I wanted to be Clint. I wanted to be Blondie. wanted to be the strong, silent type out there on the plains doing the right thing. But having that remoteness as well from people. Unfortunately, I had a brother, a big brother, who also wanted to be Clint. And a friend who was quite happy to play the role of Angel Eyes, which only left one character for me. And because I was the youngest, I got landed with Tuco. So despite myself wanting to be the strong masculine type of Clint, I was actually known as Tuco. And unfortunately, that stuck for quite some years, and my brother called me Tuco for many, many years. As ever, the reality doesn't live up to the expectation. Now, there was another chap that came to earth um, who had expectations put upon him as to how he was going to live and what he was going to do with himself. And this man, of course, was Jesus. And when he came to earth, there was an expectation put upon him. He was the Messiah, the chosen one. And the expectation from the Jews was that he would live a certain life. He would be their king. But he would actually be a warrior king and that he would destroy those that oppressed the Jews, rise up against people and take them into another promised land. And of course, his reality was somewhat different and he had to persuade people to understand that his message didn't conform to their sense of expectation. And I think with men and fathers today, we have to break this misconception of the masculinity that we try and achieve and strive for in our lives because so often it can damage us as human beings where we have a traditional sense of living that the strong man the man who the man who will always do the right thing maybe but who shows no emotion as a result who's remote from people the provider the father figure, the wonderful husband, all these things, they can put pressure upon us as men. They can make life difficult at times, trying to conform and live to a certain stereotype of who we are. Now, Clint, as I say, as the masculine man, lived up to that perfectly. And throughout the film, of course, he did everything wonderfully. Interestingly, many years later, Clint Eastwood, as a director, produced a film of his own called The Unforgiven. I don't know if anybody has seen that film. And in that, he played a different character called William Money, who was a cowboy who'd had a previous life, if you like, similar to that that had been portrayed in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, but with a sense of reality to it. And of course, he'd become a damaged, um, frustrated, resentful, bitter man as a result of the gunslinger life that we all thought was so wonderful. And he turned away from it eventually and become a more realistic human being. And, and that's the reality often of what it leaves us with, that I would strive to be masculine, to be all things to all men, if we're not careful, can break us. And we need to have a certain amount of honesty within ourselves as men and fathers to try and, be, to try and find ourselves within not to portray and conform to an image as Christ didn't. Christ never 
conformed to the image and the expectation of what was put upon him. Christ was tempted in the early stages of our understanding of his, of his journey by the devil. And he actually rebuked the opportunity to live the life that we often portray as being successful and so on. And he rebuked those things because he knew there was a different path to take. There was an authenticity to him and a determination in what he was going to do that we need to find within ourselves. So my first point today, because I do have points. I nearly didn't bother with points. I was just going to ramble on for 20 minutes, but I thought let's put some points in. So my first one today is there. Be authentic. Don't conform to the expectations of the world. As a man, as a father, we don't need to conform to an image. We don't need to be consumed with the pressure of life. We can be more honest and open. We can share our emotions, men. We're not too good at that. We can sign up, men, when we're asked to. It's a very masculine thing not to do it. To be, I'm not doing that. My identity isn't in that sort of thing. And it comes from within us, from that desire to be the man standing tall, alone, strong, silent type, the Clint Eastwood. And we need to break that and be more engaging with people at times, as Christ was. Authenticity. Got a good example of authenticity that I stumbled across a few months back now. Um, most of you here will have heard of Manchester United, some more than others. Now, there was, there was a, a, quite a famous group of players that came through. Was it in the 90s, Gary? The class of 92, that's it. Uh, Paul Scholes, Gary Neville, Phil Neville, Ryan Giggs, Nicky Butt. Well, I think it was Lee Sharp was the original, wasn't he? And then Beckham came into it. Okay. <coughs> Class of 92. You stereotypical footballers. They were successful from a young age. They rose right to the top of the game. They've lived fantastic lives as, as footballers, as, as television pundits. Not as managers yet. <laughs> One of them anyway. But a stereotypical image of a successful footballer. Now, there was another young man at that time that also played in the youth team at Manchester United that most people probably haven't heard of. And he's a guy by the name of Adrian Doherty. And he was a young Irish fella. Um, and when Giggs started to play for United as a youth, this guy was touted as actually being better than Giggs. He was even compared to the, the late, great Duncan Edwards. Now, if the youth don't know who Duncan Edwards is. Ask your dad later, and I'll tell you who Duncan Edwards was. But he was a phenomenal young footballer. But what he wasn't was a stereotypical footballer. And when the lads at that age had finished training on a Saturday morning, what the normal thing to do was to get the tickets, to go to the Theatre of Dreams, that's right, isn't it, guys? And to watch the first team play. What this young man did is something completely different because his passion wasn't actually football. He had passions in music, in writing, and he wanted to express himself through those avenues of life as opposed to conforming 
to the stereotypical image that all his mates thought he should do. When he got his first paycheck at Manchester United, instead of going to buy himself a fancy watch or some smart clothes, he bought himself a second-hand typewriter to write poetry. That's amazing for a young man of that age, but he was an authentic, an authentic, can't say it, an authentic human being. His passion was in what he wanted to do. He used to give his tickets away. He used to go and busk in the centre of Manchester. He was a mad Bob Dylan fan. Now, the reason I mention him is because of that passion, because of that enthusiasm in his life for something beyond the norm. And we can all fall into the trap, can't we, as men, of conforming to type, to what the world expects of us. And we can lose what our actual intrinsic passion is in, in our lives, which may be completely different than other people's passions. We don't have to conform to the norm. If God's put something within us that we want to express and joy and enjoy, we must do it. Don't fear what people are going to say to you. Now, you never heard of Adrian, Adrian Doherty before today, probably. And the reason was, before, days before, he was due to make his first team, first cap at the age of 16, he suffered a very bad knee injury. And as a result, he never became a professional footballer. And after that time, when he left playing football, his family have said he was actually the happiest that he'd ever been because he'd been freed from the pressure of doing something that whilst he enjoyed kicking a ball about, he probably wouldn't have been suited to that particular lifestyle and was happier writing his poetry, singing his songs and doing other things with his life. Now, there may be people here who are the same, who are conforming to a type that they're not actually designed to be. So we need to remember that what our passions are be free to live. Represent God well in your existence and recognize what he's given you is different to what he's given you and you and you and you. And it's wonderful to see passion expressed in so many different ways. But live in freedom to do that, please. Okay, so be authentic. Just one other point on authenticity. Somebody who was incredibly authentic died a couple of weeks ago. Um, by the name of Muhammad Ali. And he's now remembered as much for his authentic nature, I think, as his prowess in a boxing ring. And his convictions and his belief and his determination not to conform to what was expected of him, but to do what he believed was right within his heart. And that's authenticity. And we may be challenged at times in our lives to do that. And if you like... I think we should replace the word masculinity with authenticity as a man because I'm not interested in the masculine approach anymore to life. What I want to see in people is to be authentic. Okay, so authenticity. My next point, please, is be Christ-like. Now, to be an authentic human being or an authentic man today is a wonderful thing because we are expressing what's within us. The core of what God's given us within, we are expressing. Imagine what more we can do with that if we are Christ-like in our approach to the world. Because whilst authenticity is a wonderful thing and a strength, if that's harnessed in a Christ-like approach, then the power exists within that person to do such wonderful things. 
because of course we can become misguided and misdirected in our in our walk of life um, fear and pressure comes in a, within a man in my experience from a fear of our natural circumstances and the desire um, to be the strong man the desire to be able to fulfill the expectations that the world puts upon us to be successful to provide for our families to be a good husband to be a good father and the fear is that we won't achieve those things. And yet, if we operate from a Christ-like perspective, we have no fear. Because we can live as who we are, men. We can live for him. We can choose his ways and his path. And we can live freely without those senses of fear. We are swimming against the tide, of course, in so many ways here. But as Christians, that's what we're here to do. And again, as an authentic, real strong man, because swimming against the tide sometimes takes some strength, that's what we need to be as men and as fathers. And if we can achieve that, then we can represent ourselves as fathers with pride, with some purpose, and hopefully with some success in how we live. So be Christ-like. Recognize the importance of character, and lean upon him at all times. Break free from the, the strains and the stresses of what the world's asking us to be. And live for him and rejoice in who we are for him. Okay? We've got two minutes left. Is this really two minutes left? I think I've had about ten minutes this morning. This is a very condensed version here, so apologies. Um, my final point then. Be yourself. Be yourself is the most important aspect of this. We are all different. Remember the Yorkie bar? The Yorkie bar is a conformist chocolate bar. By the way, this morning I went to the co-op to buy a Yorkie bar to demonstrate this. They don't even have them at the co-op anymore. How confusing is that for the stereotypical sense of manliness? You can't even get a Yorkie bar anymore at the co-op. It's gone. Maybe that's a good thing. I don't know. Be yourself. You are as you are. You are unique. You are unique because God made you. I haven't put any scriptures up yet. Can we put a scripture up, please, that's in this particular section? Thank you. This is a psalm. Psalm 139 says, I praise you. Because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Now, to me, what that demonstrates is that each one of us, ladies and men, was created by God with a purpose, with an intention, with no design fault, and in a unique way. How often do we strive to change ourselves, to try and become somebody that God didn't make us to be? And whenever I went to, the other thing I was going to say about the Clint Eastwood, from the young ages, when I got to sixth form college, we used to have many parties where they were fancy dress. Every time I went as Clint Eastwood, I'd drink whiskey, I'd even buy a cheroot, a cigar, and I didn't smoke, stick it in the side of my mouth. I wanted to be Clint. 
But deep down, I knew I wasn't that character. It didn't suit my personality. And so often, we can try and change bits of who we are. We can try and shed parts of ourselves that we don't like. God created us everything, warts and all. We should be proud of who we are. We shouldn't be dismissive of God's creation, for goodness sake. He made us all. Now, physically, we're all different. And few of us conform to the masculine type that I described earlier on. We have to live with that. But spiritually, within ourselves, we are all glorious, magnificent beings created by Him. We have battle scars. We carry the difficulties and the challenges of the world. But we have to make sure that they don't sink into our hearts. So where our desire to, to be a certain person fails us, we don't allow ourselves to suffer within, that the scars don't run into our hearts of the past, that we remain free and clean from those things. I spend many a day now watching my son play football. He's 12, and um, I was passionate about football when I was a boy. Still enjoy playing occasionally now and love the sport. And when I watch him play football, I play and live every move that he makes. And when he's out on the pitch, I'm, I'm playing the game. I'm shouting at him, which I apologize for, Sam, so many times when he doesn't do exactly what I would want him to do. What I, in my head now, think I could have done, which, of course, was so much better than what I actually did, Every single move, I'm trying to live his life for him. Now, in the game of life, God doesn't do that to us. God gives us the parameters within which to live. God works with us on the training ground, but once we're on the pitch, God gives us the freedom to express ourselves, to live uniquely and individually, and to make mistakes. And God hopes that with the training that he's equipped us with, through our understanding of him, through our coming to Christ, through our reading and gaining knowledge of who he is, that we'll correct those mistakes in future. Not to try and live the life for other people. So it's my wish today, and if the band want to come to the stage, please, because 20 minutes is up, 23 minutes is up, actually. It's my wish today as men as fathers, that we remember that, that we don't try and be perfect men, perfect fathers. Ladies, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. We're sorry. But we're human beings. We're proud of who we are. We love you all. <laughs> we do. We do. We don't say it very often, that's why. But we need to be ourselves more than anything else. The, the, the desire to conform to a stereotype and a masculine stereotype, we need to remove from our lives, in my view. And there's certain representation from Christ of that. Remember Christ came with an expectation put upon him. From, from the day he announced himself on his mission, he, it was expected he would do certain things. He very, very rarely did any of them. 
And yet he created a glorious legacy for us all in which to live. As men, maybe we can do the same.